apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me, taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin Onofrio, and we are here, divisional round weekend, one of the best weekends of football of the entire season, and I am happy that my Giants are in it. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season the Giants would be playing in the divisional round of the playoffs after being 4-13 and last year? Brian Dable has done an outstanding job this year, and they will head to Philadelphia for a third shot at the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Uh, and and uh, in the first game, obviously, the Eagles destroyed them. Second game, and this is why a lot of people, a lot of people think the Giants have a chance this week. The second game, even though the Giants rested a lot of starters, they only lost that game by six points. I mean, I think I think this is this is going to be a, this is a very interesting game. Third matchup between these division rivals in Philadelphia, which obviously will be an advantage for the Eagles. But I, I think this is I think this game I think this game is going to be close. I think this game is, is going to be a close game. I, I think the I think the the, the uh, I think the Giants will be able to move the ball a little bit against the Eagles. I do think that. The Eagles do, just like the Vikings, the Eagles play zone too. Now, you'll see the Eagles play more, man. I don't think the Eagles will do what the Vikings did. If they see the Giants having success with those crossing routes, they're going to they're, they're gonna play they're, they're gonna play man coverage. They're not, not going to do what Minnesota did and played zone coverage all the game. That was a horrific, horrific game plan by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I do think the Giants do have success moving the ball. I do think Daniel Jones continues to have success with Isaiah Hodgins. I do think Saquon Barkley gets some yard, yardage on the ground. But I think ultimately what the difference in this game is going to be is, is, is I think the Giants are going to get into the red zone, 
but I think they're gonna they're gonna kick field goals. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna score. I think they score like one touchdown in this game. They get three or four field goals, and I think when the Eagles that get down there, they're gonna get touchdowns. I think the big difference is the skill guys. The skill guys on the Eagles are clearly better, uh, and and I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the difference in this game. I think I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a pretty good game. I think Wick Martindale is gonna bring pressure. I think that's gonna be the Giants' game plan. They are gonna try to pressure Jalen Hurts and keep him in the pocket. That's going to be the game plan. Not have hurt Hurts hurt them. Not have not have Jalen Hurts hurt them with his legs. I think they're going to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket. I think they're going to bring pressure, pressure like he did in that second matchup too. Martindale did bring pressure, and Hurts did struggle there as well. But I do think Jalen Hurts. He was. I don't think he was totally healthy in the in Week 18, but I think he's more healthy. I think I think the Eagles will have a good amount of success with Miles Sanders on the ground. I do think, like I said, that the Giants will move the ball. But if you look at these two teams. Where are the Giants better than the Eagles? They're not better at quarterback. They're not better at rece- at the skill positions. They're not better on the offensive line. They're they're not better on the defensive line. They're not better at linebacker. They're not better in the secondary. The only spot you could say the Giants are better is at running back. That is it. And that's why ultimately, as a Giants fan, I hate to do this, but I am going to go with the Eagles. The Giants, they've had a great year. But they're just they're just not there yet. They're not there yet. They're coming. They're coming. By next year, I think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. But I just don't think they are there yet. And that's why I am going with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game, twenty seven to nineteen. And Hector just made a comment. Better coach. Mm-hmm. That's up. That's up for debate. But I probably would agree with you. I probably would agree. I I'd probably definitely take Brian Dable right now over Nick Sirianni. I think Nick Sirianni's done a really good job. But Brian Dable has done an outstanding job and should be the coach of the year. But in this game, I am going to go with the Eagles to win this one 27-19 over the Giants. But, Justin, can the third time be the charm for the Giants against the Eagles? Yeah, I'm with you. I got the Eagles as well, 27-20. I just think, yeah, I think this is going to be just too much of a battle for the Giants. You know, Boston Scott's been like a giant killer. You know, in his eight games, he's got over 400 rushing yards, you know, with 10 touchdowns. He's... You know, his best game to be against the Giants for whatever reason. And I think the other problem for the Giants is, too, how do you slow down this Philadelphia Eagles um, pass rush? They got 70 sacks on the year. The Giants gave up um, – their offensive line gave up the most um, pressures all year. You know, um, you know, how do you slow them down? You know, Daniel Jones played really, really well last week. But, yeah, this is going to be a different – much better defense this week going up against the Eagles. You know, I – We'll see if the Eagles have a little bit of rust or having the bye, but they got healthy, and I think that's kind of where they may struggle in this one. But I, but I think because they got nothing to lose in this game that I think you're going to see Dayball probably come up with some, and, and the rest of the offense kind of come up with some interesting play calls to try to, you know, you know take a shot or two with a trick play or something like that. Like, I think you're going to see something outside of the box from the Giants to try to, you know, to, to try to hit something big here and try to maybe get something going early. Um, but I think Giants got to stay in this thing kind of the longer they in it, the better the chance they got, you know, if they're in the lead. So I just think, yeah, right now the Eagles, I just think have a little bit too much time for the Giants, but you know, I'm right there with you that this Giants team, it's, um, it, it's only going to get better that, and you know, with Dayball too, it's, he's, he's been a great fit for this team. So yeah, the future's bright, but yeah, they're just not on the Eagles level yet. No, no, but you made a good point, a really good point, bringing up the pass rush of the Eagles. And the key is, if the Giant, if Saquon Barkley doesn't have a huge game, 
the Giants are not going to win it. Saquon Barkley has got to go for 100 yards in this game. He has got to have a humongous – he was good last week. He's got to be outstanding this week for the Giants to win this game because Daniel Jones is not going to beat this team all by himself. He's not going to beat this – he's not going to beat this Eagles team with no help. They need Saquon Barkley to have a humongous game because if he does it, if he has a really bad game, it's going to be like the first game. That Eagles pass rush is going to tee off on Daniel Jones because the Giants' offensive line is still not that good. They really arguably only have one good offensive lineman in Andrew Thomas. So – if yeah, if, if if Saquon Barkley can't do his part on the ground or or in or in or in the passing game, the, the Giants are gonna get they're gonna get beat and they're probably gonna get beat bad. Here's the thing about this game: it, it, I, the only way the Giants win this game is if it's in, within one score. I can see the Eagles winning this game by two or three scores. So the big the biggest thing for the Giants, what they got to do if they're gonna win this game, they need Saquon to be outstanding and they gotta get pressure on Jalen Hurts. If they don't do this those two things, they don't have a chance. Yeah, you know, you talk about Barkley. I think that's when we've seen the Eagles really struggle this year. When when teams are able to kind of control the football, you know, control the clock, it, it's been with that running game. You know, that's – that Washington beat them that way. You know, the Colts kind of had them on the ropes there. But that's New when Orleans, the Eagles have kind of felt New Orleans, fraudulent. New, what was that? New Orleans, New Orleans yeah, too. New Orleans game too, yep. So that's kind of – um that so they you know Barkley and that Giants team they they could they, you know if they have success I can absolutely see them going in there and knocking them off but they got to be able to as you mentioned run the football and yeah you know and yeah if that Eagles pressure can get to Daniel Jones it's you know if, if they can't slow them down yeah it's, it's gonna be a long night he's gonna have to get rid of the football quickly you know like Slayton had a big drop there in the fourth quarter like that that's something like you know you, you know you. You, you got to kind of help out Daniel Jones because there's going to be times where he's not, he's going to have to try to make, you know, a throw with three guys in his face. And so those wide receivers are going to help, are going to need to help him out, you know, as, as well. Cause he's been under pressure a lot in this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. They can't, they can't, they can't have a drop like they had last week and expect to beat the Eagles. I mean, you can beat Kirk Cousins and you can beat the Minnesota Vikings doing something like that. You can't beat this Eagles team having a drop pass like that at the end of the game, especially when Jones puts it right in your hands to win the game and you can't catch the ball. And that's been a problem with Darius Slayton throughout his entire career. But I think a, a reason why the Giants do have a chance is say the Eagles play zone coverage and they give a guy like Isaiah Hodgins openings. That he could really take, I think Hodgins could take advantage of that. But I, I just don't think the Eagles, if the Giants are doing well with those crossing routes, uh, if, if doing those crossing routes in the middle of the field. I just don't think the Eagles are going to let that happen all day. I definitely think they're going to make an adjustment. This isn't Ed Donatel. Jonathan Gannon is a better defensive coordinator. Ed Donatel is old and needs to be, needs to be fired. And Jonathan Gannon is a new offensive coordinator. You saw last year the Eagles didn't blitz a lot. They played a lot of zone coverage. They've mixed it up a little bit more this year, and they've had a ton of success. Yeah, they, they, they have. They got, what, 70 sacks on the year, so that's over four a game. You know, right? So they, they they've been um they've been unbelievable again. The quarterback, yeah, they've done a great job just mixing things up, um, keeping their offense off balance. So yeah, it, it's it's gonna be a totally different defense. But I think too the way that offense the Giants played last week, I you know there's got to be a lot of comps to that team too, which you know, you know that which is which is good to kind of have that momentum right now. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a tall task. It's tough to beat a team three times like in in you know. Any sport, I guess, besides like you know, um, you know, besides like baseball, but you know, with the three game series, but you know, other than it's 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 kind of tough. So, yeah, we'll see what the you know Giants are able to do. You know, they got Barkley. You know, Jones. The way Jones is playing, I think you know, fans are, are a lot, lot more confident than Daniel Jones. But yeah, it's to be a tough uphill battle. But yeah, for the Giants, 
going out there. They, they, yeah, they cannot, they can't beat themselves in this game. You know, the, the Eagles are so good. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes, but as you mentioned, yeah, like a big drop like that from Slayton last week, it, you're not going to be able to win. You're not going up to Philly and beating them this week. So yeah, they just, they, the Giants can't beat themselves this week. Oh, oh, not at all, not at all. And the last thing with this game is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has struggled a little bit going into the playoffs. I mean, no touchdowns, three picks. His last touchdown pass was against was against the Eagles. So de- the tail of Jalen Hurts is definitely going to play a factor here too. If if he has trouble, you know, if if he has trouble, you know, throwing the ball, it's 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 definitely it, it it could definitely hurt them, especially if the Giants do a good job keeping him in the pocket. If he does have tr- trouble throwing the ball, that def- that definitely could hurt the Eagles as well. Yeah, it definitely could. You know, if he's not, you know, yeah, because he did look pretty healthy. Now he's got a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I assume he's probably pretty close to being at 100%, but I guess we'll find out, Um, you know, Saturday night. But, yeah, the Giants can kind of contain him and keep him in the pocket. You know, if their passer can kind of get to him, but, yeah, you know, because he's so good when he can get out in the open field. Um, You know, he can make some plays on the run outside of the pocket. So, yeah, the Giants can kind of contain him, make him force him to stay in there. You know, and they can kind of get a sack or two in a big spot. It'll be, it'll be huge for the Giants. You know, do you know Martindale? Yeah, Martindale's going to bring pressure. He's he's going to, you know, he'll dial some things up. But, um, you know, probably something that, you know, try something that maybe Jalen Hurts hasn't seen. But, yeah, if the Giants kind of let him sit back there all day and he's got time to throw or even get outside the pocket if he's got room and to run the football, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long night for that Giants defense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if he has time and, he, and he's able to throw the ball, yeah. I mean, even if he's not 100, percent he's got so many weapons. He's got you know AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. He's got so many weapons out there. Yeah, the key. Yeah, two keys for the Giants, and I'm and, I'm, and, I'll, and I'll say it all week: pressure Jalen Hurts and pre- pressure Jalen Hurts and get that running game going. Those are the two biggest keys for the Giants to pull this upset. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, you know, for me, the yeah, it's got to be you know slow down that that Eagles um. That that Eagles pass rush and yeah they're gonna need um you know and slow down that Eagles offense just you know try to just you know even if it's just keeping them off the field just 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 be able to run the football with Barkley and um just just hope to keep the Eagles off the field long enough for um you know to just try to contain that defense or try to help out your defense just a little bit against them. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we will move on to the other matchup in the NFC, and, and that is between the Cowboys and the Niners. The Cowboys looked really good in their playoff game against the Buccaneers, beating them 31-14. to The Niners, a little bit of a struggle for the Niners, but after that fumble, that game completely turned around against the Seahawks. So uh, in this matchup, I think it's going to be a really, really close competitive game. I think the biggest key to this game is, is and I think, Whoever, if if whatever team does this better, I think wins the game. I think it's going to come down to Christian McCaffrey. I think if Christian McCaffrey has a big game, he's been been really good the last six weeks. Has rushed for over 100 yards four times in the last six weeks. Ironically, those are the six times that Brock Purdy has started. If Christian McCaffrey has a big game, I think it's going to be very very hard for the Cowboys to win this game because I think they're going to have a lot of issues with the 49ers. Uh, with the with, with the 49ers offense, if McCaffrey has a big game, if he doesn't. I think the Cowboys have a legit chance because you saw you saw what they did last week, their defense, when they were able to shut down Tampa's running game. Now, Tampa's running game is absolutely horrendous. That run, that run game is terrible. This is a much different animal. But if they contain McCaffrey, I do think they could have a chance because guys like, you know, you, you know you see that pass rush with, with Micah Parsons 
and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. If they can get pressure on Brock Prudy, it it could be a difficult game for the Niners. If the Niners get behind, the one thing about Brock Prudy is we have not seen the 49ers get behind in games. We really haven't seen them get get, get too far behind. In pretty much all their games, I mean, his first start against the Bucs, they were winning the whole time. His first start against the Seahawks, they were winning the whole time. His first start against the... uh, uh, against uh, this his first start against the uh the start against the commanders they're winning the whole time and, and in the game against against the raiders yeah that was the one time they were losing but they were able to you know McCaffrey had a, they, they were they were behind maybe early in the third but McCaffrey was still able to bring them back if they get behind if they're down two scores in the fourth quarter they're not going to win this game so the key for the Cowboys is is they need to contain McCaffrey and get a two score lead late into the third quarter and if they do they're in good shape but the issue is going to be is, I don't think they're stopping McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey is going to have a big game. He's going to go for over 100 yards. I think the Niners move the ball really, really well in this game. And and, and, and Brock Rudy throws, another, throws a couple of touchdown passes. But I do think on the other side, I think Dak has a big game. I think Dak has a, has a pretty pretty good game. Not a great game, but a pretty good game. I think he throws a couple of touchdown passes. I think he's hot. I think he continues to stay hot. But here's the thing. I think it'll, come, it'll, be, it'll be just like last year, where the game is on the line and the ball is in Dak's hands and he doesn't get it done. And that's why I got the Niners advancing. Because if it comes down to that Niners defense against Dak Prescott at the end, I'm taking the Niners defense. And that's why I got them advancing to the NFC Championship game for the third time in four years and beating the Dallas Cowboys 28-20. to But Justin, can the, can the drought be over for the Cowboys? Can the Cowboys finally get to the NFC Championship game? I'm done with you. I got the Niners as well, 23-17. to um, Yeah, for the Cowboys, again, Dak, Probably had his best game last week against the Bucks, but I'm not trying to take any away from the Cowboys. Actually, uh, here's Hector's comment. I could see the Niners forcing a um, I see the Niners forcing Dak to throw the ball a lot. Niners defense solid. Yeah, you know they're going it, to. They're going yeah. to. They're, but uh, but yeah. but on that but, but but for that point, you saw DK Metcalf have a big game. I think CD Lamb could have a really big game too against that Niners defense. So yeah, but but I think yeah, I think they, I think they're definitely going to force Dak to throw a lot because I think the Niners are definitely going to contain the Cowboys' run game. Yeah, absolutely. They only gave up just around like eighty rushing yards a game. At you know, like they they have been really they've been really solid. And I think yeah, that that tandem of of Elliott and um and Pollard, I think could have a tough day trying to get anything going in the running game. So yeah, that 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 may be a difficult task for the for the Cowboys. But yeah, Dak Dak probably put his best game of the year last week against the Bucks. But I'm not trying to think anything away from the Cowboys, but. Was that more the Bucks just being the Bucks all year, a mediocre team? I, I think like, it was kind of that. I th- and I listen, I picked them, so 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 I, I, was, I was I was I was dead wrong about that game. I picked them, so I'll admit I was dead wrong about that game. But yeah, it kind of looked like the Bucks uh, from what we've seen all season long, just a completely inconsistent team that couldn't run the football. Their defense had, had was not as good. It was really what we saw from the Bucks all year, and the Bucks absolutely looked like the worst team in the postseason on Monday night. Yeah, they absolutely did. That was they. It was terrific, and yeah, that that was the Bucks all year. You just just you know, you never that 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 team just never kind of was able to get out of another. You know, they, they yeah, it was just a mediocre football team. And um, yeah, Monday night they got again. They they were lucky the score wasn't worse than it was. So yeah, that that Bucks team they didn't they did not play well Monday night. So you know, I'm not trying to take them away from the Cowboys, but yeah, at, you know, so it's a totally different animal now going to going to San Fran this weekend and playing those guys. But yeah, you know, if, if Micah Parsons can get in the face of Brock Purdy, cause this is probably the best defense Purdy's played, you know, since, since become the starting quarterback. So, and definitely the best, probably the best pass rush with, with Parsons coming in there. Like if he can get in his face a couple of times, make him up. Cause 
There's a couple throws. Purdy looked really good on last week, but again, there's a couple throws that he should have made, and you know he missed a couple open guys. So, you know, which is always going to happen, the rookie. But you know, I think Dallas can kind of put him in maybe some unique situations that he hasn't been with, and and you know maybe a third and longer, um, you know the third and longer, you know something like that where, you know maybe they make him rush a throw or something. He makes a turnover, but and I also think with C.D. Lamb that Cowboys, you know. A couple of their secondary guys that they could kind of like a Dalton Schultz and uh, Michael Gallup, they can get a couple of big plays against that defense as well. Kind of help out Dak Prescott, maybe take something off of, um, you know, some pressure off of CD Lamb as well. I think that could be huge for the Cowboys as well. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Brock Prudy is, and I said it earlier, I mean, we, yeah, we've seen he's played really well, but outside of that Raider game, he's been mostly playing from in front. If he gets, if I'm telling you, if he gets behind by a couple scores, and, and, and he might not in this game because the Niners could have a lot of success running the ball, but if he gets way behind, he gets behind, like, you know, say they're down, for example, 24 to 13 late in the third quarter, It's I think it's going to be very, very hard for him to come back because we've never really seen him do it before. The thing about this matchup is the Cowboys have, clearly are the better quarterback in Dak Prescott, but, but the Niners have the better roster and the better coaching. So that's why I think this game – is going to be close. But again, if Purdy gets behind by multiple scores in this game, I think he's going to have a very, very, he's going to have a very, very difficult time coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even at, um, now I'd have to go back and, and, and look, cause I'm just thinking about this right now, but even though those Iowa state teams he had, you know, what he played on, they weren't built to come from behind either. That, that team was kind of like, they this were one built, built on the running game. Like, yeah. David Montgomery, a breeze hall, breeze hall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He made it. So, like, yeah, I don't think he may, you know, so, like, I don't know how many come back from behind because that team wasn't built to come from behind either. So, yeah, he may have not done it a ton of college either. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's something that's been new territory for him where he, we haven't seen yet. And, you know, that, that it, it could be a problem for him this week. And, like, you know, we'll find out. But, yeah, you know, what happens when, when that does, um, when he does fall behind, you know, again, Debo Samuels looked pretty healthy since coming back, which is huge for him. But yeah, you you never know how rookie quarterbacks gonna do in that moment. So it'll be interesting if he's got to face that test test this weekend. Absolutely, and this is a huge game for Dak's legacy. This is a humongous game for Dak's legacy because say Dak gets the Cowboys to the NFC Championship game, I think he surpasses Tony Romo. Well, uh, I think I think he he's a he ends up he's, he's a better quarterback than Tony Romo because Romo never got the Cowboys at this point. The Cowboys have never been in this situation. You have you weren't even born the last time the Cowboys got to an NFC yeah. Championship game. I was four years old, so I think this is a humongous game for Dak's legacy. If Dak could take this team to a place that's never been in almost thirty years, I think you're definitely putting him out of Tony Romo, and 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 you're and and you're and he's starting to get up there with Stallback and Aikman. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It's something again, they just won their first yeah, road game in the playoffs in the first ten what ninety-three. It's been thirty years since they've won a road game. So yeah, you know, and I know there's a lot there's you know, we've been hard on Dak this year. I know a lot of Cowboys fans have been, especially since he's come back and he's not played well. But yeah, if he again you you throw those all out if he could go to San Francisco this week and get another win. So yeah, Tony Roman I never got there. And Tony Romo obviously had some pretty good teams when he was on the Cowboys. So yeah, I I, I think yeah, Dak would because he just you know Tony Rowe was never able to get get them over the hump in that. But um, I'd have to take I would have to take Dak you know because he's been pretty good. I know this year he's down year, but like he's had some pretty good numbers. But yeah, he'd get over the hump for this uh, Cowboys team this year. Yeah, I mean this would to, to me this kind. I know the Cowboys talk about you know winning the Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl or failure. If they win this game, 
This is the most successful Cowboys season since they won the Super Bowl in 95. This will be, if the Cowboys win this game, this will be such an emotional win for this franchise. I guarantee if the Cowboys win this game, they will be celebrating like they won the Super Bowl because it has been so long since they've gotten over this hump. We remember, you know, 07 against the Giants, Romo throws the pick. Uh, The game against the Vikings where Romo didn't play well in. The game in 2014, the Dez catch, no catch. Then mm-hmm. 16, the Rodgers game, and then the, the and then the Rams game. This is the sixth time in 16 years, in, in 16 in, in the last 16 years, the Cowboys have been playing in in, in in the divisional round. They've lost their last five. They've lost their last six games in the divisional round. But since 2007, this is their sixth trip to the divisional round. They've lost all five of those games. This will if the Cowboys win this game. It, 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 I mean, it, it'll be it'll be like them winning the Super Bowl. I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. It'll be like them winning the Super Bowl because they've just been so long since they've made it to this point. Yeah, because there's again, you know, there's a lot of Cowboy fans that, yeah, around my age, I have never seen the Cowboys get they, to the they, NFC They're going to deny team. it. The Cowboys will deny it, but they are going to celebrate like they won the Super Bowl if they win this game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, there's a whole generation of fans that haven't seen it yet that have not seen the Cowboys get, which as crazy as that sounds, it's, you know, it is crazy for for that that franchise. It's been that long since they've gotten there, but yeah, it, it's it they they definitely would be, um, you know, because yeah, it, the whole generation and it's just been they just haven't been able to get over the hump, and for whatever reason, they you know they've had some tough luck and all that, but yeah, it's been difficult. And uh, Hector's comments, lots of confidence here in Texas for these Cowboy fans. I can't stop hearing it. Yeah, 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 I know. This is what happens when they start winning. They start, they start getting confident. That game, uh, they probably weren't too confident going into Monday, going into Monday night, and now they're all confident because they destroyed, you know, an eight nine team. I, I, listen, I picked them. I get I, my mistake, but I think it's destroyed an eight nine team on Monday Night Football. But yeah, it's gonna be weird though for Giant fans too in terms of the rooting interest they have in this game because oh, yeah. say the say the uh, say that they win the game, they're gonna want the Cowboys to win the game. And say they lose the game, they're definitely going to want the Niners to win the game. And it's vice versa for the Eagle fans, too. Say they win the game, they want the Cowboys to win because they want to play the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. And say 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 the, uh, say the they lose the game, they're definitely going to want the, the, the Niners to win, to win the game. So <laughs> well, the, yeah. it, it's going to be weird, the rooting interest of the, uh, with the giant Eagle fan base, uh, depending, on, depending on what they do on uh on 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 us uh, on, on saturday and, H- and hector says they want us to win oh yeah the cowboys oh, definitely yeah. want us to win they want to be hosting that nfc championship game in jerry world oh yeah that that, that place would be that place down there in dallas next week well if, with the, if the giants are going down there even oh my god even that, that, that place, place would be, be a madhouse yeah so yeah that that, that yeah it, it it's definitely one of those things yeah it'll be it'll be weird yeah the the rooting interest in that in that game for the possibilities for what happened, but uh, yeah, you know, I know a couple of Dallas fans. One, some of them were um, did not weren't very confident. Some of them were very confident. One even was kind of laughing when I said, "No, I think the Bucks are going to beat them tonight." But I texted him after, like, yeah, "You're right." Absolutely, you know, so, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I but I think ultimately in this game, what de- what determines that this game is going to be the run game, and I just don't think. Well, I think the Niners are going to win. Is I just don't think they're going to be able to stop that run game. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have another humongous game. And, and, and then the, the second reason, with Dak, with the game on the line against this defense, we saw it last year. This team has confidence. This defense has confidence against Dak late in the game. And this and this Niners team has confidence, in Cal, confidence against Dallas because they went in there last year and got a win. So I think it's three reasons why. I think McCaffrey, the confidence the Niners have, 
playing the Cowboys. You know, their win last year definitely gives the Niners confidence. And I just don't trust Dak. I think Dak's a very good quarterback, but I don't trust him late in the game against this defense. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think, yeah, I think it comes, yeah, Dak makes a big mistake late in that game. Um, that cost them the game. I think that Niners defense plays really well again. I think they do enough to slow down CD Lamb, and I don't know if Dalton Schultz or Mike, uh, Michael Gow can make enough plays to help help them out, help Dallas out to get enough of some chunk plays for him. And uh, yeah, I think the Niners. Um, and I think yeah, McCaffrey has a good game on the ground. I think he does enough. I think the Cowboys. Um, and I think they keep the Cowboys even off balance, and it Brock Purdy is able to capitalize off some play action passes, you know, and um, the game makes enough plays for the Niners to go you know, at home to be knock off Dallas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. should be a really good game between these two teams. Should be a higher, should be a, it's probably going to get one of the highest ratings of any playoff game on Sunday afternoon when these two teams go up against each other. But now we're going to move to the AFC and we got a rematch from week 10 as the Jaguars who got to this point by, by led by a huge comeback by Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was terrible in the first half of the, he was outstanding in the second half, Doug Peterson, him and Brian Dayball one, are one and two for coach of the year. Doug Peterson has done a great job with this Jaguars team. And for this game, though, I, I think the better team's going to win this game. I think the biggest reason why the, the Chiefs win this game and win it by a couple scores is I think they contain Travis Etienne. They did it really well in the first matchup, held him to 45 yards rushing. The only chance the Jaguars have to win this game is if Travis Etienne has a huge game. Because if he doesn't, I feel like it's going to be very, very hard for Trevor Lawrence to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdowns against this Jaguars team in Week 10. I think he has another huge game against this team. I think that the Chiefs contain the running game, and I do think they force Lawrence to make a mistake or two. And I think this is the, the this this game is the worst game of the weekend. I am not no disrespect towards the Jags. I just feel like the Chiefs are playing really really well, and the Jaguars are a little bit ahead of schedule. That's why I got Kansas City winning this game, thirty-one to seventeen. But Justin. Can Trevor Lawrence help the Jags pull a major upset in Kansas City? I don't think they will. I got the Chiefs as well, 31 to 20. I just I their defense has been playing better, but against some of the better teams in in, in the league this year, they've they've kind of struggled. And at the end of the year, that some of the offenses they played weren't outstanding. You know, so you know, they gave up 34 to the Cowboys. They gave up 40 to the Lions. They gave up 20, 27 to, to a Ravens team with Lamar Jackson. You know, the Chiefs put up 27 on them early, earlier in the year. So they're even been playing better, but, you know, they gave up 27 last week to the Chargers. I know they, they, they somehow came back and Lawrence playing better. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think they're – it's like the Giants. I think, yeah, they're ahead of schedule. They're another year away. And I just think – you know, for, for Lawrence and his team, um, you know, can they, can they, I don't know if they can capitalize enough off of Kansas city secondary, you know, um, their weaknesses, you know, I think he'll make some big plays. I think, you know, Kirk can, can um, had Christian Kirk will make a couple big plays, possibly score a touchdown, but I just don't think their defense would be able to keep up. You know, they've struggled against a tight end this year and, um, you know, they think they give up the third most uh, catches to tight end this year. And if they can somehow slow down Travis Kelsey and the three losses the Chiefs have this year, he only had 16 catches for 220 yards. So if they could somehow slow down Kelsey, you know, that's kind of been a sign that that's kind of how you – another way you can beat the Chiefs. But I don't think their secondary is going to is good enough yet to slow down Patrick Mahomes in that, in that um, 
in that offense. I just think it'd be too tough of a task, and that place is going to be a madhouse. And I just I think it's it's going to be too tough, especially for all the energy that they put in last week to come back from behind. Now you got to go to Arrowhead this week. I just I think it's just too tall of a task. It, it, I think I think it is too. I think what the Jaguars got to do is they got to have ETN have a huge game. He's got to be great. ETN, it's just like Barkley's got to be great for the Giants. ETN has got to be great for the Jaguars. And uh, and they got to limit Travis Kelsey. They got to find some way to limit Travis Kelsey and make maybe make make like a, a Valdez Scantling. No, no, I mean like a Juju Smith Schuster or a, or a, or a, or a Hardman or a Valdez Scantling. Make one of those guys beat you. But the problem is that's easier said than done with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes lost Tyree Kill. He still threw for 5,000 yards. He still threw 40 touchdown passes. That's why he is the best player in the NFL. And I, it's just it's very, very hard for me to see to see him lose this game. I just think he's going to be – he's going to have a huge, huge – he's going to have a, re, a really, really big day. And I think the one strength of Jacksonville is the, is the best thing that Kansas City does. And so that's stopping the run with Chris Jones and Nick Bolton. I, I just – as, as great of a season the Jaguars have had, I, I just can't see them pulling off this win. But one thing Lawrence proved this year, he is clearly far and away the best quarterback in the 2021 draft class. Yeah, yeah, he has been, you know, really hasn't been close. I get Fields has come along, but yeah, Wilson's been a total bust. Mac Jones, we'll, Up we'll, and down. we'll wait and see what happens with the OC situation yeah. there, the yeah. offense. But yeah, yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence has looked like the guy we all thought he was and, Again, Doug Peterson was a perfect, perfect fit for him. You know, it looks like he's got, he's got a lot of confidence on that. Again, that comeback he had last week, it, he's he's been awesome to watch. He's been fun to watch. And Jacksonville, for the first time in a while, they got a franchise quarterback, and they got a franchise quarterback that, you know, is, you know, again, probably another year or two away. But, like, again, he'll be in the discussion as a top 10, top five quarterback, I think, in the next couple of years. Like, you know, again, he's a generational talent coming out of college. You know, I, I – I think with Doug Peterson and that team going to get older and better, I think, you know, the future is really bright in Jacksonville. I think the future is really bright for um, Charlie Lawrence's career. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So now we will move on to the, to the, uh, not the last game because the Cowboys and Niners is, but the other AFC game on wildcard weekend. This is a very interesting matchup between the bills and the Bengals. We all know what happened. The first, I mean, the, the, the first time these both these teams took the field and we hoped it would be a great scene to see DeMar Hamlin at the game. I, I mean, he wasn't there last week, but it would be, it's great to see him even in the facility, but it would be a great, it'd be great to see him at this game. And for this game, I don't think either team should really be happy with their performance in the wild card round. Buffalo was very, very sloppy in their win, in their win over the Dolphins. I mean, they, they got up, they got up seven. They obviously got, they got up big early, but then the turnovers from Josh, the careless, two careless turnovers from Josh Allen that led, that led to, they had three, three turnovers that led to 17 points. That's, and then they had a kick return that led to another three points. That is the only way you're ever going to lose to a, to a third string quarterback. And they're lucky, Skylar Thompson made a horrendous, horrendous decision on third and 19. That decision well, was terrible. I quote to that McDaniels. Just run the ball there. Just well, don't yeah, even oh, put God, in that situation. McDaniel, Mc, yeah, McDaniel did not do it. I'm telling you, the, the, the Dolphins think they have a coach in Mike McDaniel. I completely yeah. disagree. I think I think some of his play calling and his leadership is – I know they got to the playoffs this year as the number seven seed, but with the talent on that team, I expected them to get at least to the playoffs. I think – there was a very, very uh, – that's another story for another day with Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the decision Thompson made was was awful. Romo was saying, check cro- crossing route, check it down. Anything than what Skylar Thompson did there. Anything. And that, and that, and that costed the, 
cost the Dolphins seven points. And then, you know, the other interception uh, cost, it cost the Dolphins Dolphin seven points. So the Bills definitely need to be sharper in this game. If they want to, if they want to advance, they definitely got to be sharper in this game. And then the Bengals, they, they did not run the ball at all against the Ravens and their offensive line really, really struggled in that game. And I'm telling you, uh, as, uh, as as uh, the as as I think who said it, it was Dobbins who said it. J.K. Dobbins said, "If we had Lamar Jackson, we win that football game." And I I agree with them. I mean, the Bengals they need to be better stopping the run. They, they, they were outplayed against a Ravens team with a backup quarterback and almost lost that game. And thank God they they, they ran that quarterback sneak with uh with Tyler Huntley instead of running the ball with J.K. Dobbins, or they probably do lose that game. Uh, but for this game, I think I think this is a I think this is a close competitive game. Both teams do struggle to run the ball, but I do think I do think the Bengals are running a little bit better against this defense than against the Ravens defense because this defense isn't as good against the run as the Ravens defense is. So I, because they're better, their linebackers are better in pass coverage than in the, 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 than, than stopping the run. So I do think that uh, that that uh, Mixon will have a better game this week. I do think Burrow throws a couple touchdown passes, but I do think he makes that big mistake. I do think Allen has a turnover. But I do think Allen makes more more plays and less mistakes. And I do think this Bills defense, like last week, comes up with that huge stop at the end. I think this is a close competitive game. But I am going to go with the Bills to get to the AFC Championship game and to head down to Atlanta to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I got the Bills beating the Bengals 30-24. to But Justin, can Joe Burrow lead the Bengals back to the AFC Championship game? I do. I get the Bengals 20-24. to I do want to with Thompson too with the game last week. Hill and Waddle missed a couple. They dropped a couple of big balls early too, which I don't think helped Thompson out either in that game. You know that it could have been different. I feel like if they grabbed those balls or you know footballs early on in that game. Um, but yeah, for for this game now, I think the Bengals not come up. I I really haven't liked the way Allen just been sloppy the last couple of weeks. Again, the five kind of red zone turnover interceptions this year. You know. I like. I really like how I know the Bengals didn't play well. Both teams didn't play well last week, um, but I think you know Tyler Boyd, you know Tyler, um, you know Higgins and um, Jamar Chase. I think they all could. I, I think they have big weeks. I don't know. I think Buffalo is going to struggle to to um, slow those guys down, and I, I think they're going to have a tough time this week. Um, I just I really haven't liked the way the Bills have been playing more. I think for the Bengals too, they did struggle without you know. I know bull games are a divisional opponent, but that division that that's always such a weird division that I wasn't totally surprised that it stayed as close as it was last week. Um, but I, I, you know, and I think for, for the Bengals off the line problems, I think if there's one guy that can overcome that, it's Joe Burrow. I think he plays well this week. I think, I think Cincinnati goes up there and I think they find a way to win. They've won nine straight. Um, I, I, I do like the Bengals. I think they spread around. I think, wide receivers um you know boyd higgins chase have big days and i think the Bengals can kind of um you know and i'm interested the Bengals kind of try to force the um the bills to kind of run the football against them something like what the packers did you know um try to beat them with the running game i think the Bengals find a way to go up the orchard park and knock them off the big quest the big question is going to be is is if joe burrow beats josh allen in this game do we put Joe Burrow ahead of Josh Allen? Because this would be Joe Burrow's second trip to an AFC Championship game. So it would be more than Josh Allen. And he had been to a and Burrow has been to a Super Bowl, and that's more than Josh Allen. So if Burrow wins this game on the road in Buffalo, do we do like right now? We obviously Mahomes is one. And I have Burrow, I have Allen two, Burrow three in terms of quarterbacks in the league. 
does Joe Burrow surpass Josh Allen if the if the Bengals win this game? I think he does. Yeah, I think he does too. I think he's he's been a little bit better. I think this year too, Burrow's been a little bit more consistent than Josh Allen's been at times. You know, Joe Burrow may not make all the flashier, flashiest plays like Josh Allen does. You know, and even Mahomes, and he may not. You know, but yeah, I I, I think Bur I think I'd have to put Burrow there. Um, I I again, you know, what he's been able to do, like even going back to his rookie year, that roster wasn't great, and he came in and he kind of set the world on fire before his injury. So yeah, he's he's really changed his whole franchise around. You know, Josh Allen's done that too with the Bills, but yeah, you mentioned Burrow be a second second uh, AFC championship appearance already in debt. He's already got an appearance in the Super Bowl under his belt. Yeah, yeah, I I do think that as I as I said, I do think that Burrow. I would put Burrow ahead of Allen if he wins this game. But the reason I think the Bills win this game is, is if you look at the two games they played on Wild Card on Wild Card Weekend, the Bills made a bunch of mistakes that are fixable. Turnovers are fixable. Bad plays on special teams are fixable. My problem with the Bengals is they got beat from scrimmage. They got beat from scrimmage. They were outplayed. The Bills weren't outplayed by the Dolphins. The Bills just made a ton of mistakes in that game. They turned the ball over three times. They had poor special teams. They had a kick out of bounds. They had a terrible punt return. They weren't outplayed in that game. The Cincinnati Bengals were outplayed against the Baltimore Ravens. We're definitely outplayed. That's why I'm taking the Bills in this game. I think their mistakes are fixable. They made mistakes that are fixable. The Bengals got beat from scrimmage, and that's not fixable. No, that's not. But it's a Ravens team that defense was playing really, really well the last couple weeks. I know it's a team, yeah, you, they had a backup quarterback going in there. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not shocked to the hardball coach team that they played the way that they did. And yeah, okay, yeah good point. They definitely had the coaching advantage in that game. Yeah, they did. Um, they did. You know, but, like, I know that they blew out the Pats. The Bills did. You know, they, they did. Miami, they, like, the Miami game back in – Week 16 wasn't great. I know they blew out the Bears, but I, like, I, I felt like down the stretch there were some times where Buffalo just wasn't they, – they, you know, they, they, they were making mistakes that they really haven't, you know, I – just, I just don't think Josh Allen right now, for as great as he's been, I don't know if he's on top of his game right now. I just did not like some of the turn. Like, I thought, thought they were just careless with the football on Sunday. And, again, I know that's fixable, but it, it's been something that's going back, you know, since his first couple kind of red zone interceptions this year, it was like midway through the season. So I don't know that that's where I worry about with the Bengals or with the bills right now. Yeah. If the bills play the way they did Sunday, they're going to lose. They're, they're, they're going to lose the Bengals. Uh, and, and this is why this game is, you know, this is probably the, probably gonna be the closest game of the weekend. This is the one game we disagree on <laughs> out of the 10 yeah. playoff games. It's the one game we disagree yeah. on. So, so uh, yeah, but I think, yeah, if the bills play like they did on Sunday, they're de- I think they're going to lose the Bengals, but I think Sean McDermott's a good coach, and I just don't see them playing that way again. And I just think the Bills are the better football team. I think they got they got they got the be- they got the better uh, they got the better uh, defense. They do have. I mean, I don't know either offensive line is good, but I do think they have a little bit better of an offensive line. So, uh, and the run game, I think the Bengals is a little bit better, but still, uh, Joe Mixon has not had that great of a year. Outside of that Panthers game, he's not had a great year. And the quarterback, I do give the Bills a slight edge. So I do think the Bills are a little bit better than the Bengals, but it should be a great game. Yeah, no, it absolutely should. It's, I think, yeah, I think there's, we're going to see a lot of points in this game. Uh, two really good offenses. You know, two, as we mentioned, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. They're right there. So, yeah, this is probably, yeah, this is going to be probably the game of the weekend. And, um, again, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the game of the playoffs with these two quarterbacks and, and two teams. Um, but, yeah, this should be a really exciting game. 
I think I heard there's like a chance for maybe a snow, little bit of a snow shower in this game, but um, nothing too dramatic. So I, I still assume like they're, they, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of points from these two teams. No, we absolutely can. We 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 absolutely can. But the Ravens, uh, Lamar's future with the Ravens is very very uncertain right now. But before we talk about that, we're gonna hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so uh, we'll move on to the team that the Bengals beat in the playoffs, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. And the big story with the Ravens is, is Lamar's future with the team. And I think it's very, very uncertain right now with him, with him uh, just just not even going to the game, which I think is totally selfish. I think you got to be at the game. Come on. you got to be there supporting your team. I mean, I think it's ridiculous he wasn't at the game. And you see his Instagram post, which is, is I thought it was a complete shot at the Ravens. So I think his future is very, very uncertain with this team. I, I, I think these negotiations are going to go long, and they're going to definitely go into March. I think eventually the Ravens are going to franchise Lamar, but the question is: Is are the Ravens going to are the, is, is Lamar going to play off the, on the franchise tag? This has been going on for two years, and I think look, I think this part of this is on both parties. But, but no, I think part, part part of this is on both parties. Part of this is definitely on the Ravens because they really haven't haven't paid him what he should be getting paid. I mean, he should be getting paid more than Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson right now. And part of it's on Lamar for not you know for not just for for, for just. I mean, he, he has, I mean, yeah, as great as he is, he has one playoff win. I mean, for him not getting this done and now I think it hurts his leverage a little bit more that he got, that he got, that he's gotten hurt again. He's missed, you know, 10 games in the last two years. So I think it's, 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 it's this is on both, both parties, the Ravens and Lamar, and it is a mess in Baltimore right now. Yeah. So I do know somebody, um, actually I saw him last night, um, 
So he's he played football in college. So one of his teammates in college is, is friends with um Anthony Brown. So I guess they were playing Xbox the night. Anthony yep. Brown, the back quarter of the Ravens, said um he's he's gone and that he probably could have played Sunday with a brace on. He thinks he's gone. Wow. Oh wow. Wow. So he could have played in that game. Oh. I, I guess with a brace. I, that, that's new news right there. That's that's definitely new news. I don't think that's that's even been brought up in any of the shows on the CMG network. So that was that was great that you broke that news right there that he could have played in that game. Oh, so I think I think I think it's real. I think I the know. issues in that Ravens locker room with Lamar, I think that's real. Yeah, it made sense. You know that 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 you know that's what we were talking about last night. So I, I think he's gone. Yeah, um, I guess he he didn't want to wear because he was he's afraid of, he was afraid of risking the ACL tearing it, which. I, I do get what you understand. You saw what happened with RG three. You saw you saw what happens with RG three with his career. So I understand that. But if you're good enough to play in that game, what are you telling your teammates in the locker room? You your your contract is more important than a Super Bowl run. That's what you're telling them. And that was a game. If he's on that field, I don't. Even, if he's on that field, they probably win it. They probably do win it. <laughs> they they definitely do with Lamar Jackson there. So yeah, yeah, I. A little bit surprised to hear that, but yeah, it again, you know, again, he doesn't have an agent, it's him and his mom, which is which is that, another that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. ridiculous. You're not you're not getting any big contract in the NFL without an agent. That was mistake number one. That's that's another thing that's on Lamar right there, not having an agent. No, I, I get trying to you know, you know, trying to negotiate yourself, but yeah, this this is why players have agents, so you don't go after so like your agents go after the team, not you, so you don't break these, you know. Like the, so that you know you don't get mad at the front office and all that and yeah just, I I hope wherever he goes and if it's back in Baltimore they like read the fine print or whatever to, but you know that's something else you need the agent for but yeah we'll see so it's it's an interesting tactic but I and I'll ask you to this for all the quarterbacks in the NFL isn't Lamar Jackson like the most important player for his team because of the way the offense is ran in Baltimore like I I think so right. Absolutely. The way they could you know, they run all those read options and zone reads. And really, and another reason is they really haven't given him a number one receiver. And then you look at the record of the team since, since Lamar's been out. They're two, they're, they're two and eight. Two and eight since Lamar Jackson's been out. Yeah, they won a couple games this year because their defense, they, had, they had a better defense than they had the year before. But, but So they're, they're two and eight without him. So, yeah, he is definitely one of the most important players. Uh, he definitely is one of the most important players of that Ravens team. This isn't back. I'll tell you something. Here's something that, 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 that's pretty obvious. Eric DaCosta is not Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome was one of the greatest GMs in NFL history. I mean, he won Super Bowls with Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer. He's one of the greatest GMs ever. Eric DaCosta is not definitely not as good as Ozzie Newsome, and he has definitely proven that, seeing the fact that he has not gotten our number one receiver in all of his years that he's been with the Ravens. Yeah, they haven't. You know, hey, Mark Andrews has been great, but yeah, you tight end though. But yeah, they, they have not had that difference maker as a wide receiver. You know, Bateman, I thought could be pretty good. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and he just hasn't hasn't done a ton, you know, on the field yet. But yeah, it just, you know, it yeah, it's it's been a struggle for the Ravens to try to find that wide receiver. It's been like the Patriots the last couple of years. Just they just can't find that they can't find that different maker for their quarterback. And I yeah, I think that's kind of been a problem for them. But yeah, those Ravens teams, you know, back in the day with with Flacco, you know, they they they've still been good. But yeah, it hasn't been at the same level. The last couple of years, and yeah, you know, it, it's you know, if, if they lose Lamar, it's it's really gonna hurt because you're gonna have to change the whole offense around. So I I know um Cornell um is one of the best offense coordinators. I know they could they but 
again, it'd be a huge loss for them if they lose Lamar. Oh, with, without a doubt. And they're not going to let him walk. They're not just going to let Lamar Jackson walk. They're at least franchising him. They're 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 protecting him. They're they're going to keep. They're going to have Lamar is going to get franchised. And, and like I said earlier, the big question is going to be is 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 he going to want to play on the franchise tag, or is, or is, or is he just going to want out? And, and the Ravens are going to have no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They may have, again. I would think they're probably from the signs of things that they it's probably they're going to have to probably find a sign and trade partner and just and and go that route with them because yeah, you know, I think it's it's you know. Sounds like it, it may not work. And again, yeah, as we brought up, I that's why you need an agent. So these things, so you don't get go after your front office and you don't get into these kind of wars with him about it. So yeah, you know, I, I, I get it. And again, I know he wants to be paid up there with the um Patrick Mahomes of the world and Kyle Murray's. And you know, again, he's hasn't won the Super Bowl, but he's put up the production and he's won an MVP to kind of assert himself into that level. But um, yeah, I, I again I I do think that he's probably Played as it sounds like probably played his last game in Baltimore, which is crazy. Which is crazy, and that organization is going to be in big trouble next year without him. Especially if they if they hold on to his rights until like the draft next year. Imagine if they hold on to his rights until until after the draft, and they can't even draft anyone. That team is going to be yeah. huge, huge trouble. I mean, that's that that that'll be a five five six win team at best without him next year. Yeah, it, it probably would be unless you know I don't depending on what yeah if you know. They go after, you know, it's another discussion for another day, but, you know, they go after Derek Carter, like somebody like that for a placeholder for a couple of years. Yeah. If not, yeah, it could be a couple. It's maybe a very long year for the Ravens, which in my lifetime, I really haven't seen the Ravens. You know, I really haven't seen the Ravens. I've only seen the Ravens be in the playoffs. You know, it'd be, be a weird thing to see the Ravens really struggle, like possibly could next year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to wrap the show talking some UConn basketball. And after a red-hot start for UConn, they started 13-0. They have struggled. They have lost four of their last six games. They are now 4-4 four and four in the Big East. They've lost three of their last four. And why this came to, came to our attention is because of the loss to St. John's. That's, that's where it really, you know, you can live with a loss. You can live with losses, you know, at Marquette, at Providence, uh, definitely at Xavier. Those teams have been, have been playing, you know, really good. But the loss to St. John's at home, that's why it definitely. That's why definitely this team has got our got our attention right now. And the big this question is: is what has gone wrong the last six games? Well, so my my few things here. There, there's a couple of them. One, you don't really have a true point guard. You have Diara, but he's too rare, raw offensively right now. That really not really much of a score. Number two, your team lacks toughness. Number three. Um, you cannot guard anybody man to man. You you couldn't stop a chair right now if, if the chair sat in front of them. They wouldn't be able to stop that. Um, number four, a lot of guys are I again like are head cases right now. I just think they lack a lot of confidence right now. Number five, the game plans are the same things every week, and the last no, well, there's two more. Well, one of them too is the ball movement's not as good as anymore. Again, that tournament at Portland. Everybody was so unselfish. Now you're seeing a lot of guys dribble around trying to create themselves. That that they don't have that either. They don't have besides Hawkins, but he's not a good enough ball handler that he can't really create on his own. And you know that actually that's probably the last point. You know, so I just there's there's a ton of issues. You just it's tough to because Newton has kind of been the starting point guard, but he he played a two guard at East Carolina his whole career. So. Now he's coming up to a bigger conference, and he's never really played the point guard spot. And I don't know if he did in high school or not. 
So it's a tough ask. Jackson, you know, isn't bad, but he's gotten some dumb fouls. So now I go, I, I, again, I'm at the point with Sonago, just go get your money at the end of the year. I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of fed up with Sonago. He just, for a guy, his, his bit size, he doesn't use the backboard and he doesn't go up strong. Everything's fading away from the hoop. I don't understand it. It's been for three years. I want to scream at TV every time I watch him go up. <laughs> it's just uh, the footwork's not great either from him. And the defense, again, St. John's, it's a 28% three-point shooting team. Why are we so tightly on them at three-point line? That's all they wanted to do was go to the basket. They have some pretty good athletes at guard, and you saw it Sunday. They got absolutely punked and embarrassed. And, again, yes, refing's one thing. They're, they're refing bad in every in the, in the conference as a whole. That's the biggest need to fix that. But, man, they got punked and they got embarrassed by a team of St. John's that their fans want that coach fired so that they can go win the uh, Rick Pitino sweepstake. So that that's where St. John fans are at. So they're not happy that they knocked us off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two, two, two questions here. Uh, can We saw in 2011 and in 2014 the team not be great in conference play, especially in 2011. They were, they were, around, they were around 500 in conference play. But then they turned, it, they, they turned it around once it came tournament time. Do you think you could see – do you think you could see the same thing here? And how do they do that? Well – I don't – again, I they don't have a Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier. That, that's – that like, Hawkins can be that guy. But Hawkins – Hawkins reminds me a little bit of me because I was a guy – because if Hawkins starts over three, he's going one for 11. That was me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I was somebody that got in my own head when I played basketball. You know, if I start out three and three, I can go nine – you know, I can I, – I'll go eight for 10 and have a great game. Like, I, that, that's Hawkins. He's just – you know, I, I think at times he's a head case with himself and i think he lacked confidence at times you saw it sunday he was on he could be that guy but i don't i don't i can't trust they just don't have that point guard that could that can do that can go get you a bucket like kemba shabazz can but the thing is though in the tournament i think like something in portland where you're out of biggies play and some of these teams don't you know they they don't know what you want to do like they, they they can't figure you know and you have nine ten guys that can kind of beat you any given night. So I think for the tournament time, they could be tough when you have to prep for them in a short turnaround. The only problem is though, I just don't know who that guy is with two minutes left that you could confidently say, go get me a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. They really don't. And you made the good point about there's no Shabazz. There's no Kemba on this team. And there isn't. And you said it with Hawkins, he's good, but he's not a really that good of a ball handler. And that, especially in this kind of basketball, that definitely hurts this team. Sinago's good, but he's not a ball handler. You saw, you know, you kind of, yeah, those two, those last two teams that won the national title had great point guards with Kemba and Baz. And, 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 and they, they don't have that on this team. And the other thing, and the other thing is the positive side, you said, you said it in Oregon. You know, this team is very deep, so maybe that helps them in the tournament. But we'll see. But right now, the way they're playing, I don't see this. I don't see this team making making a run a run right now. Yeah, Phil, I, I know. Right now, it's like I kind of think with the tournament they can, but I don't trust Hurley. I I just I I, I don't. That's the other thing too. That's the other thing. A lot of these national championship teams had Jim Calhoun. I know the last one had Kevin Alley, but they had a lot of guys that were recruited. There were Jim Calhoun guys on those teams. There's no Calhoun guys on this team. No, they're Hurley, no. they're guys that Hurley recruited. No, they're they're not, and you know they think you know with again. Do you remember uh, it was sixteen, I believe, Rhode Island up double digits the entire half into Oregon, absolutely collapsed the final two minutes of that game, absolutely collapsed. Yeah. That the doesn't happen to, Cal- to Cal- Calhoun. That does not happen. He's calling no. the timeout. He's dropping f bombs, and they're winning that game. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, you know that's happening. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Hurley, I I just I hate to say it, I can't. And again, I, they the Garden Albany, they could have had those two spots, and I feel really good. Now I don't think it's very likely that they, you know, I don't think Albany is, is going to be in there. Maybe they somehow find a way to get in the East Regional. Who knows? If they can somehow get to the Garden in for the Sweet 16, then I could say possibly if the match is set up. But I just, I have to see Hurley win a, win a, win a tournament game first before I, I, at this point where I could say, hey, you know, I, I can't really believe that they could get to the Final Four. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we'll wrap up talking about the game with Seton Hall. And, and the thing is, is how do they stop depleting? What are they going to do to beat Seton Hall? Well, it's I, I, I don't worry. I worry about this one because Seton Hall is starting to play better. They're, you know, Holloway and, and the team seem like they're having some issues, but they may be kind of figuring them things out. Um, Seton Hall, is, they don't have a ton of great shooters, so they're going to get to the basket like St. John's did. Kadari Richmond at 30 against him last year. That's he's gonna get to the line and he's gonna uh he's he's gonna get a little basket and that's worried. If if I am Dan well, Dan Hurley's out with COVID, so it's Tom Moore, which you know, I don't think Moore was yet assistant on those late nine or early nineties. No, he wasn't, but I would press like those early nineties Calhoun team would. Yeah, you know, he learned from it, Calhoun too. Tom Moore learned yeah, from Calhoun. Yeah, he did. He did. So I, I feel, you know, we'll see what he's got. He's, he's had a decade of head coaching experience at Quimpiac. So, you know, we'll see what he's got tonight. But I'd press because you can't, if you, you oh, he wants to send that man to man, Hurley likes to. You, you got to press. You got to speed him, try to speed him up. You got to try to get some easy baskets. You just got to get some confidence going for, the, for these guys. Like, I've never seen Sonago pass the basketball the post so many times as he did Sunday. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, it's just right now you got to press. You got to try something because. You're just getting beat off the ball every single time. Sanigo's not a great defender. And Klingon, it's he doesn't jump, but again, because he's seven two, seven three, refs, you know, ref, refs oh you never know how refs gonna um call that game. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just feel like, uh, yeah, they get they got to press, they got to be better defensively. Shaheem Holloway, his team is starting to play better. We know he's a good coach. So this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a really really tough game for them. But if they can win this, I think things can turn around. You could. This is going to be a war tonight. Like, Seton Hall is going to muck this thing up. They're going to want to play in the 60s. Yeah, you know, it again, this, this is part of the schedule where they got to find some wins. Like, you got Butler at home Sunday. You just got blown out to, uh, believe, oh, Creighton Butler. last Butler, night. Butler's terrible. They should. I like that. That motto, though, is a good coach. Like, that's the one worry where I don't see them playing as bad as they did coming to the XL on Sunday. And then you got Xavier team next Wednesday, which that will be first to 90. Those two teams right now do not play any defense. So, yeah, if you can win this one, you know, again, then you got the Paul and George on the road back to back. Like, if you could kind of win this one, you could kind of, you know, maybe go four and one. And, and oh, yeah, I, th- I think, I think this, is, this is the key game. I think this is the key game to get things turned around. I really do. Because if you don't win this one, you might beat Butler, but then, you know, DePaul and Georgetown, you, those are road conference road games, but this team has not played well on the road in conference. No, no. Uh, DePaul just knocked off Nova. Stubblefield's not a great X's and O coach, but his teams play hard. And Georgetown, Georgetown's roster's not bad. And they play far the first half. The problem is this Pat makes absolute zero adjustments. Just yeah, he's a terrible nothing coach. To get to be, I don't know why he hasn't been fired yet. He's a terrible coach. Yeah, I, I, his buyout's like $12 million. So I think for Georgetown, that's a little steep for their, for their likings, which is the problem right now. But um, 
Yeah. So yeah, again, this is, as you met, this, I, I agree. This is a key game to get this thing kind of back on track to kind of get some, cause I just think this whole team right now is just lacking a, a lot of confidence right now. And I, I think you could see it. So again, they just got to find a way tonight to just win somehow on the road. A couple guys hopefully have a better game than they have. And again, hopefully the confidence starts to, uh, peak up a little bit because yeah it's again it, it just they just look miserable right now yeah it, it definitely has to it, it absolutely has to this is the key game tonight for you kind of win but that's going to wrap it up this week on sports talk with rnj for justin anafrio i'm steve risser we'll be next we'll be back next week talking about championship sunday uconn's big matchup at home against the musketeers and any nba or nfl news that comes our way enjoy divisional round weekend everyone Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me, taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.